listening to the Astral Hour. I'm your host, Astral Meadow. Join me as we take a glimpse into the mysterious. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined with my friend B. She is the creatrix behind Numinous Rose Medicinals a small batch skincare line that uses ancestral fats and herbs to nurture our largest organ. She is a lover of all things mysterious and mystical and an eternal student with an unquenchable thirst for knowledge that can soothe and heal. She truly believes that humans are magical beings that hold the keys to their own healing. You can usually find her reading, hanging by the river, or in the kitchen whipping up some magic. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. So happy to have you. So for those who don't know you, could you just share a little bit of background on yourself and your spiritual journey? So I am B. I am about to be 34 this year and I've been on my spiritual journey probably since about 2012 um, when I was about 22, maybe a little bit before. Um I have always just been a seeker and have never really been happy with the answers that I was given by the authority figures in my life. So I've always just been very open to learning. Um, And I think it really began with um, when I started doing yoga, Um, I got introduced to yoga through a meditation teacher. Um, I was in grad school and I took a meditation class and this was back when the mindfulness sort of started becoming all the rage back in the beginning stages. And she introduced me to yoga because we would do yoga before class every morning. And I started doing that. And then that sort of opened the floodgates and I started diving into Um, a lot more like esoteric stuff and getting into kirtan and bhakti yoga and breath work and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of where it started. I love that. I feel like yoga and mindfulness really is a great place to start on the Mm -hmm. spiritual path. And those that skip that step always end up coming back to that. So that's a really wonderful way to begin. So could you share a little bit about some of the generational wounds that you've healed and worked through? over the course of your life with us? Yeah. um, So I, gosh, (laughs) where to begin? Um, So I guess it goes back to when I was about three. Um, My my parents had me very young. My mom was uh, in high school still when she got pregnant with me, and my dad was 20. So they just did not have anything figured out, and this obviously was not expected. So... My parents were just very immature right off the jump, and um, my grandparents did a lot of my raising, but they were just very, they're still, some. they're both still alive, but they're just very toxic people, you know, like the typical Southern, like, Bible-thumping background type of family, um, and, you know, there just wasn't really space for me, um, to be a kid and to really like enjoy my childhood. I got yelled at all the time and was just, they just got onto me a lot. And so when, um, 
I, I was three, my parents split up and um, I would spend the weekends with my dad and then the majority of the time with my mom and my mom just because of her own traumatic background and her own upbringing um like she was biracial and my grandfather actually adopted her so she never knew her own real father and just had her own crap and so she became an addict when I was um in elementary school and it started out with pain pills and then it just you know spiraled into worse things and so I moved in with my dad and my stepmom when I was 12 um and that was just a super whole just traumatic experience because my mom was you know putting me in positions and taking me places that no kid should ever go and so I just right from the jump just had a ton of trauma to work through and that I'm, I'm really just like glazing over it like I'm just given like a very simplified version of how it went um but I think because of all of that I wanted to find healing and mm -hmm. I wanted to I saw what drugs can do and I just wanted to do things completely differently so my whole life like I have just basically been the black sheep of the family and I just go against the grain and I've just been actively seeking healing and practices that will help me become more embodied and will help my inner child find comfort and security basically right <clears throat> that's beautiful and yeah I'm sure it was hard I have a similar um, childhood upbringing where it's just started in a rough place and I've spent so much of my adult life trying to heal from some of those wounds. And I, I realized a while back someone had posted something and it was a little, it was almost triggering for me because it was basically like, you can't hate the things that created you. Mm -hmm. And like, there was such a part of me that was like, I do hate. <laughs> but uh, then I was thinking about it. I'm like, they did shape me. And so, you know, and then I go on this healing journey and that's, it's like these things that we learned on the way are how we like help others. And, and so I can see kind of like how that might, you know, make a little sense of like, okay, I don't want to hate all of it and just see that it had its purpose at the time to lead me to where I am today. But I really love how you, you know, could see, okay, this is, this is where the dysfunction is. I'm not going to fall back into that pattern. And it's like, like, even at a young age, you're like, I'm breaking this. Like, it's not, I'm not going to keep carrying this forward. And, um, you know, and being embodied, like when you said that, that's so important, because I don't know if you struggled with dissociation. Mm -hmm. But um, I think many of us that had traumatic childhoods, we tend to dissociate. Um, and the body work became the most important thing for me in my healing journey, more important than anything else. Because I was not in my body. Yep. And so the dancing and the movement and all that actually was the most important medicine because it was the thing I was missing. Um, where it's, it's weird because some people it's like, the, you know, they want to, they want to go up. They want to yes. do, you know, the spiritual stuff. And, the, and I'm like, I've, I've already got that down. I just need to be on the planet. Like, I just need to be present. Um, so I love that you, you know, help people and like share your journey of like coming back into the body. Yeah. Yes. So how have you used things like dance and music um, to heal? And we've kind of talked a little bit about music movement as medicine, but could yeah. you kind of go into how it's benefited you? I think that 
kids have it right. This is like a stream that I'm, I'm thinking of. Like I see him, I watch my son, he's four and he will just like allow his body to just move however it needs to move in the moment to get what needs to get out. Like he will just be like moving all crazy and erratic. And I think that we lose that as we become adults. We don't want to look weird. Mm -hmm. And so I think that allowing your body to move in weird ways and ways that you're like oh this this isn't dancing this looks like I don't even want to see me doing this like that is like becoming like more embodied because you're finally listening to your body you're like wait it has messages for me and it wants to get something out and it wants to move in this way and I'm gonna listen to it and right so that with the dance like if I'm when I'm alone in my kitchen dancing that is my therapy mm -hmm. time and so if someone wants to be like a fly on the wall watching they would be like what is this bitch doing like because I'm just moving in very strange odd ways that my body just needs and right. is telling me that it needs right yeah yeah I followed this therapy account and she was talking about it was actually scream therapy so it's a little different but she's talking about how sometimes she'll recommend it because the person needed to scream in the past mm. and they didn't and so when that memory will come up she'll actually like scream with them in that moment and it actually helps them get out of that loop but I think about with the body like I I dance all the time like we met at exact dance you we're both very like similar when it comes to that that movement stuff but when I was a kid I was like frozen and I never danced and I couldn't, I was like lanky. I couldn't run like in gym class. I was like really embarrassed to do like any kind of sports. Um, and I was like, I was like holding so much in my body. And then when I started doing things like ecstatic dance, I would have these insane emotional outbursts. And it's like, and I think it was similar to what that therapist was talking about is like the when I would start to move, it was like it was actually healing stuff from when I was a child, like where I was like in that frozen state. So here I am being like goofy in my kitchen as an adult, like crying, even though it looks ridiculous. But I'm like, I just finally, I finally like let go of that. And I feel like our body is storing so much, mm -hmm. you know, we have that the body keeps the scorebook and things like that, where it's like. It's there, you know, and movement is one of the ways that we can honor, you know, those spaces and say, okay, I'm ready, right? I'm ready to dance this out. And yes. I just love watching your your content and your videos where you're dancing and stuff. It makes me feel, because I, I do the similar things. So I'm like, I'm so glad that there's other women out there <laughs> that are doing this beautiful work and showing others, because I think many of us are in that, like, freeze place. And so when we see other women dancing and, and doing that embodiment work, it, it's like giving them permission to say, oh, well, I, there is healing here. And I am being more present when I'm dancing around the kitchen and being in that moment. It's not, I don't know. I feel like, too, we see dancing. We think about some of the stuff we saw on TV as kids and stuff. And so I used to think, oh, I can't dance. Right. And it's because I'm watching like music videos that are choreographed and like, I mean, I probably could do it now, you know, that I'm more embodied, but I thought it had to look a certain way. Yeah. And so I wouldn't. And so I love things like ecstatic dance because you go and like everyone looks weird. And I love that. That's like my favorite part. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to like do this on cue. You know, sometimes I'll catch myself and I'm like, I'm not even on the beat right now. And like, it's totally fine. And like... Wow, like how, what, like what a thing, like why did no one teach me this? But when, when, you know, you see really little kids 
they will just dance. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they haven't went through some of the traumas and stuff. So it's like they're yeah. just, when we're small, like we are in our body, we are very physical and way less mental, you know. Yes. And then we get, as we grow, we like get trapped in the mind and then we're like overthinking it. So yeah, I've had a similar experience with that and I really love it. Um, you do a lot of the somatic stuff. Yeah. Um, could you kind of share a little bit what 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 are somatics and like how can we work with that? So I feel like somatics is a buzzword right now. I feel like everybody's talking, every, they're calling some somatic workouts. You know, mm-hmm. there's like this lady, how I lost weight with somatics. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's what it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it really is what like just for what we just talked about, just coming back into the body embodiment and mm-hmm. using um, movement. Yeah. But I think also using like um, scent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. touch and things like that, like self-touch and like the um, loving self-touch, because I don't think that we get enough of that in our culture like we don't get hug. I mean how often do we hug if you're you know not out in the if you're out in the world how often do you hug random people like it's not happening I mean we hug our loved ones but we probably don't do that enough either um so it's really just about it's really it's subtle movements I um I did a little course this past summer and it's the movements that you think don't matter is what somatics has kind of become for me like it's so hard to explain unless you've done it, but it's like these subtle stretches where you genuinely feel energy that was being stored, releasing mm-hmm. from your body. Like, and it's not, it's not like weightlifting. It's not even like yoga where you're going into these intense stretching. It's very subtle. Right. And it's very gentle. And you might think, oh, this isn't doing anything. But then like a few hours or a day later, you're like, oh, wait, like, I feel lighter in this part of my body now because right. I did this subtle work. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know almost, if that was a good explanation. So it's almost like it you're doing like physical movements, but it is working on like this almost like in the aura. Yes. You know, like releasing things out of the energy field. Yes. And so you're like, okay, I feel better in the side, but it's because I like moved something out that I've probably been holding in my field for. Who knows how long. Yeah. Who knows how long. Yeah. And. Yeah, I think sometimes, although yo- I've, I've had plenty of crazy weird releases doing yoga stuff, I think sometimes yoga, I'm so focused mentally on like the posture mm-hmm. that it takes me out of some of that, the subtle space because yes. now it, my mind is included right? <laughs> and the mind is, you know, its own thing. Um, so yeah, I feel like somatics is such a gentle way of like really listening to the body mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I, 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 I haven't fully, I mean, I feel like I'm doing it, but I, yeah. I never called it that. Like I didn't know there was a word for it. Right. Until, until it came a buzzword. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you guys for telling me what this is. Cause I didn't know. Um, but I feel you on the buzzwords. Like I was online the other day and they were like trying to sell clothes and they were like, get your esoteric wardrobe and Lucas. And I was like, what are we using my, my word? you know (laughs) esoteric to try to market to me i mean the outfits were super cute i could totally do some like magic wearing them but it's just funny because you're like really yeah really you're gonna you're gonna make it into this thing but i mean that's just 
that's just something we have to do deal with <laughs> capitalism right they're like okay the humans are awakening spiritually we're gonna really need to market that yeah we're gonna monetize that come on now <laughs> get the content and get the get the items come on right but it doesn't mean that in its essence it's not what you know yes but obviously you can see when someone's like you know using it to promote whatever means or whatever so but i know what you mean where you're like the buzzwords now you know so it takes away sometimes from um i think people even really working with it because it becomes so trendy Mm -hmm. that there's some people that are like oh i don't know it's just probably some some trend and you're like well it is but there's there's a reason yes why it's it's there um so yeah and so i've seen you share a little bit about um your near-death experience um and how life-changing that was. Could you share just a little bit about that and some of the things that it opened up uh, for you on your journey? Um, yeah, so I guess I want to start, like I want to preface it by talking about sort of what I feel like led me to the near-death experience. Okay. Um, I was just, this was, it was back in t- the beginning of 2017, literally like January 1st of 2017 is when it um, started all happening. But I was in a place in my life where I was just so spiritually lost and I was so angry at God. I was like, just all of my trauma was coming up that I hadn't like just swallowed and swallowed. And I had like been in the rave scene and I had done all of the psychedelics and rolled and done you know (laughs) all of those peak experiences and never integrated them and so all that stuff came up when I like right after I turned 26 25 26 it just all flooded up and I just I had to deal with it and my body could not handle the flood and like of emotions and just all the shadow things that I had never contended with and So I do think that me being in such a low, dark, spiritual place is what created that whole experience. Like I I needed it. I didn't, I like I I feel like I signed up for it before I even came here. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that experience I called in, I created it and I um, ended up, I won't go into the whole story of being like why what happened but I just I got septic shock from strep throat um and I was in a medically induced coma for a week and I was like my organs were shutting down um my heart was like like boom boom like so slow um and like just so close to just like being done and I went on like a crazy journey while I was in the coma. I saw ancestors that had passed away. My great grandmother, who was someone that I was super, super close with, she was there and she was telling me like I needed to come back to my body. She kept telling me and I didn't want to, like I was ready to just like go. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like being a human is too hard. I just need to get out of here. I need to get out of this meat suit. (laughs) Um, And I had some just wild experiences like I genuinely do feel like I went to another world and a lot of people when they have near-death experiences have really positive beautiful things like 
they say, oh, like they saw Jesus or they were in this beautiful meadow and like this, just this, this beauty that they can't fathom. And mm -hmm. I did not have that experience. Like I was in, I don't know if it was, I mean, I, I don't want to call it purgatory, but it was like a place like purgatory. And it was like a place that was like what we live in, in it, here. It was like life here on earth, but it was, everything was like a gray scale tone, like a and it was like very misty. The sun didn't cut through the mist. Like it was just this thick, foggy mist over everything. And so there were houses, there were coffee shops, there were like normal people, but they were all like trapped in this place. And it was people, I feel like it was people who like had held on to things in life or had unfinished business on earth and they were like stuck in this realm and I chose not to stay there um but it's to me it's so real and mm -hmm. it and I was there right so yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> as you're talking about it, I'm like that's the lower astral hue yeah yeah um and there are beings that it's like before they fully cross over and go through um so like the devatronic um, realms, there's that in between. And, and I do think it, it can be that purgatory. I mean, I think that's what people are talking about when they think about purgatory. Um, but some people, yeah, like you said, unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it does look just like here, but it's like upside down. <laughs> it's just slightly different. And, and there's a lot of beings there and they don't actually realize that they're dead mm -hmm. and it's because it looks so similar and they kind of just go about their routines. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the, that the people like with these mediums and these psychics, I think that's the beings that they're talking to. Right. And the people that haven't crossed over because they still have these attachments and you had an attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Because you actually weren't ready to cross over. Yeah. And so that's why you ended up there. Yeah. Um, and once you like start going into Devatron, that's like the heavenly realm. So ain't nobody um, want to turn back once they get there. But in that in between, there is that point of like, is this, you know, do I really want to, to cross over? Right. Wow. And so it's very interesting because I'm like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I try not to go there very often because it's so, it, the mist, it's misty, yeah. it's foggy. It's, yes. um, but it's, it's cool because it is its own, it's actually its own world. Yeah. And so there's all sorts of. Um, things that you can discover there yeah and people that you can help um, in that particular plane as well so wow. that's cool that because like you said you do hear a lot of oh I went straight to the lie mm -hmm. and you know that makes me think of like the Devatron but um I just read a whole book on the astral plane so it's like really fresh for me wow, okay that's awesome <laughs> you would probably really appreciate it yeah. and love it so yeah thank you for sharing that tell me about that book because I would love to read that yeah I will share it. It's uh, C.W. Ledbetter, The Astral Plane. Okay. He really maps out like the types of beings that you might encounter there wow. and then also shares some stories about how people um, are able, you know, because we're in the astral plane every night, mm -hmm. are able to project and like actually help people um, <laughs> from the uh, their astral body, you know, help other people that are like physical, still, you know, from this other place. So it's very interesting because it's, I, I haven't actually fully heard anyone go into detail about that. Like you hear people like that kind of talk about it, but they don't break it down for yes. you. And I was like, wow, this guy's really, he's really like saying it, you yeah. know, <laughs> like where other people like hint around. And it's like, mm -hmm. it's so esoteric. Like we can't actually tell you. But this book, I was like, oh, wow, he's really saying it. Thank That's you what for I need to, because I feel like I've had this 
and this experience and I've always wanted to find like answers and I feel mm-hmm. like you're like helping me with that yeah. right now. Like I'm like, this is just so cool that someone has mapped that out. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, thank yeah. God someone's mapped this out wow. because, you know, when I'm in the records, I'm like all over the place and I'm like, yeah, there are people that have traveled. They're, they're like master, you know, astral projectors and, and they have written it out. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much more, like even in this book, he's like, now there's plenty of more. Yeah. That you will find, but it's like, these are the most common experiences. Um, and this is where, you know, a lot of these students working with gurus, um, the guru would take them to this realm and yeah. they they would go over. He was like, okay, you see how it's inverted? You see how you're feeling? And like, so it's like coaching because there's all these like traps mm-hmm. in their, their, their mind traps. And if you don't know about them, you're not going to realize yeah. what's happening. And so this is where in the past, it was so important to go through these initiations with a guru because you would have help. Mm-hmm. right on the journey and I think some people go here and it scares the shit out of them and they're like I don't want to open that back you know yeah and uh so I think that's where like having a, a spiritual teacher sometimes can be really beneficial mm-hmm. so I'm really lucky that I've had um certain gurus over my life that were just beautiful had done meditation for 50 years before I met them and so when I would have these experiences I would tell them they would go oh, yeah that's just you know that's just, that happens this is normal <laughs> you're not <laughs> crazy thank you for that. that that helps me feel more grounded but yeah you would love that um so how did this experience uh lead you to discovering like herbs and some of the alternative healing modalities yeah. Um, so during that whole process, that whole health experience, I did end up losing some fingers um, and some toes. I had to have them amputated because of complications from septic shock. Um, and I had surgery and then I had open wounds on my two of my fingers on my right hand for a year that would not close up. Nothing would work. I was on multiple rounds of antibiotics because they kept getting infected and um, I had started to sort of dabble in like the alternative medicine realm before I got sick. And then after I got sick, I sort of was like, oh, thank you, Western medicine. Oh, you saved me. Like antibiotics saved me. And so I, I sort of started to find like a balance with it because I was getting really extreme and I was like, all Western medicine is terrible. It's evil, blah, blah, harmful. And so um, but I realized that the allopathic model was not helping me with these wounds and it wasn't going to nothing that they were going to give me neosporin or whatever wasn't going to fix it. So, um, I got introduced through my mom to this Manuka honey paste mm-hmm. that had herbs in it. And I ordered some and within like a few days of applying that, like my wounds were completely closing up and I was like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like amazing. Like I've tried all the medicines, all the things, and this simple little honey paste is what fixed me. Um, and that's sort of what really opened the floodgates with the herbal stuff. And I started trying. I, I, I'm the type of person that when I discover something, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, like I get really obsessed. And so I just go all in and so I was like, I'm going to make a business out of this. I'm going to start making herbal skincare products and start op- making a little Etsy page and selling them because everyone needs to know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So I did. I started making my first little products were just like Epsom salts infused with crystals and things like that. Um, but then in I think it was 2020, I took a course on infusing um, herbs into oils and fats. And that just like what just popped it all off for me like just made me fall so in love with the herbs and want to like incorporate them into every aspect of my life just because I had such an amazing teacher like she really like just stirred a passion in my heart especially for the herbal infused oils um and so that's why I start sort of started specializing in the skincare stuff because of my experience with my fingers and just the topical stuff I've always just been drawn to beauty and skincare type of stuff so that sort of merging those two together was always my dream right it's interesting how you were saying like you basically manifested you felt like your near-death experience was like predestined and you know yeah but then it leads you to this like beautiful path (laughs) that lights your soul up so you know that that was must have been predestined so it's like you had to go through that that dark night yeah. to get on the other side. So it's it's interesting. That's why I mean, like, it's hard to hate your experiences because <laughs> without that, you might have not met your beautiful teacher and you might have not actually seen the power of the, the herbs. Yes. And I think seeing it firsthand is, like, so important. Mm-hmm. Like, I just – I'm sure you watched my healing crisis um, <laughs> over the summer and I was, like, losing my mind. I did the same thing – I finally broke down did Western medicine. I was like, thank you, Western medicine. And then started having side effects from the Western medicine. <laughs> and I was like, I can't win. And, but like, had I not done that, I wouldn't have started studying homeopathy, which is now definitely probably part of my path. And you were a part of that <laughs> as we were talking about our experiences. And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm going to start uh, learning this now. But it's similar. It's like, if we didn't have these issues that came up, we wouldn't have found the healing. And that wouldn't have led us to like, the work that we really want to do here, like where we can actually help people, um, you know, besides these like certain jobs. I don't know if you're, you're probably similar to me. It's like, I just, I'm not satisfied with work that doesn't make some kind of difference in someone's life. Like I can't do it. I will get Mm -mm. depressed. So, but it's interesting without the health issues, I wouldn't have figured out like how, like how can I do work that's like important. So it's like it, I don't know. It really is a whole journey. So I guess it's just important for anyone that's in that dark night to, you know, realize that there's a light at the end of that tunnel. So if the, yeah. if you're still in that phase, hang on yeah. because, you know, it might just lead you to exactly where you need to be. Yes. So, yes. Um, I love that. So um, let's talk a little bit about how we can use herbal infused oils and fats to help support us and sort of as like a, the physical and spiritual armor against some of the dark and harmful energies out there. Yeah. So if you have, if you're friends with me on Facebook or you follow me on Instagram, you know, I'm always talking about fats and especially, um, PUFAs, polyunsaturated fats and how bad they are for our, bodies and how they cause aging and all kinds of bad things and I'm talking about like canola oil and vegetable oil and and even sunflower oil um, when I talk about those poofas and so um, I feel like if you are rubbing oils like that onto your body which a lot of 
body care products that you buy at the store have those bad seed oils in them, you are like causing damage um, because they interact with the sun and they actually oxidize and they cause your like you to literally rust internally and like cause age spots and all of that stuff. So anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent about poofas and I don't need to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Always welcome. Um, but I am just such a huge proponent of using healthy fats on our skin um, because it is our largest organ and it is our first barrier and our first protection against any kind of outside invaders. Um, whether that be energetic or physical, like bacteria. So if you can, you know, protect yourself by um, using healthy fats on your skin, it's going to protect that lipid layer and it's going to keep like pathogens and things like that from being able to just easily get in there. Mm -hmm. So that's going to create your physical armor. And then I've been diving into this concept of, the herbs themselves actually shielding you energetically when you use them like if like in your auric field they are mm -hmm. actually putting a barrier of protection around you and it you know it is going to depend on the um type of oils that you use but like especially rosemary and sage and lavender and those ones that we've been using for thousands of years um it is going to create spiritual armor in a way. I mean, it's obviously not going to like be the end all be all, but it is another way to protect yourself when you're out in the world, you know, not only being moisturized, but being protected. Um, because, you know, in this day and age, like warfare is not, you know, people shooting guns at each other anymore. Like warfare is it's spiritual in nature. Um, like we're we're in a spiritual war and the powers that be, the dark forces, they are doing everything they can to try to derail us and like light workers and to try to knock us off our path. So I think if we can do simple, easy things like anointing ourselves with mm -hmm. oils uh, every day um, to protect ourselves and then also eating the healthy fats like um, tallow, butter, Lard, those types of like ancestral fats are also going to create another layer of protective armor. Um, and that goes back to, you know, ancient times like our ancestors. That was the types of foods that they ate. They didn't eat canola oil. They didn't, you know, they didn't go to McDonald's. Right. So they, you know, and I think they knew. I mean, even in, in the Bible, they talk about using anointing oils as protection and frankincense and myrrh and those are I think a lot of people took that as like the essential oils but I don't necessarily think that they were essential oils I think that they were the resins of those plants infused into some type of probably animal fat is my theory that's what most things back then were made with animal fat not with any kind of olive oil or anything like that so right yeah right. So it's interesting you were saying Rosemary because I had this girl come on the show and she had this vision um, of, and she was like, I don't know why, but I had this dream and I was told that everyone should rub Rosemary all over them. And somehow that ro the Rosemary was going to shield them 
um, like from, it might've been like EMF exposure or something was going on. And I don't know, I don't want to like call, call her out if I don't remember this properly. But um, that's so interesting that you're saying that because like she had, like that came to her in like a dream. Um, and she was like, I started putting rosemary, uh, like, yeah, like when people would order, like just here's some rosemary on the side. Um, but I was thinking about like some of the things that, you know, cultures used to like smudge with um, and like sage and lavender and rose. Like, like I have sticks of all of those that I used to clear. And so it makes sense if you're rubbing it on yourself that it's somehow, you know, it's like keeping you clear. So you're not having to clear because it's already there. And that's why it would be like kind of a shield mm-hmm. um, ahead of time. But yeah, plants are, you know, they have their own auras. Mm-hmm. And when we eat them or, you know, make teas out of them or, you know, use them. I mean, it really is like they're merging with ours. Yeah. And so it's it's hard because it's like you can't see it. Um, yes. But it makes sense uh, that it would work in that energetic way to me as far as like putting up like the armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use sprays that uh, my friend makes and one is psychic protection and I don't know I don't know what's in it I don't ask but I'm telling you when I wear it I'm like I I can go to like concerts and there was a point where I was having like a lot of issues in um, big gatherings and this might be because I'm a generator so my aura like engulfs everybody and so when I go to a concert I'm like buzzing and Mm -hmm. I'm like I can hear every conversation (laughs) it's too much it's too much and it got to the point and that was like one of my favorite hobbies and I'm like I can't I can't go and um I just became more sensitive everything foods uh, energy people so I started using this and I'm like I don't know maybe it's in my head but when I spray the psychic protection on my hat I can go to concerts so, I mean, maybe, I, like, if you want to say it's placebo, whatever, like, I, I couldn't go to the mall. Like, I couldn't, I could barely go to a grocery store. I just became so hypersensitive mm-hmm. to lights and sounds and smells and everything. I mean, maybe that was even a part of, like, my spiritual gifts unfolding. I don't know. Yeah. But there was also some side effects to that. And so it was actually some of the plants that helped me. Yeah. You know. I believe it. Yeah. And yeah. cleansing the house like sometimes I don't go there first I I forget Mm -hmm. I don't think about it but after illness or if I've had like um like some traumatic memory come Mm -hmm. up or you know like a gathering of people where there's a lot of energies here sometimes I I will forget to go around and and clear it with sage and I'll start to feel like I'm like I have like no control my head's all over the place I'm like why am I still hearing this conversation from three weeks ago (laughs) And then, you know, someone will be like, have you saged your house? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I haven't. And it really makes a difference. Yeah. So, you know, I do think our ancestors and and some of these practices that were passed on, there was a reason for it. And it's not just, oh, it made them feel better. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, I think it actually physically, like, I think it, sure, it's a spiritual practice, but I think it it works on all of the levels yes. because everything starts in the spiritual world anyways and trickles down to physical. So mm-hmm. if you go straight to the spiritual, you can really save yourself from yeah. a lot of, you know, it'll, it's like getting to the root mm-hmm. of a lot of it. So sometimes like, I'm like, why is this illness? Like, I feel like I've beat it and I feel like I'm having, like, I'll still have like some lingering stuff and then I'll do the sage 
And I'm like, that's what I needed. Like, wow. I opened the door, let it out, you know, and maybe that's just the ritual, you mm-hmm. know, of it. If like my mind just needs needed to say this is we're ending this mm-hmm. and we're moving on. Yeah. Um, but I do think the plants are, you know, I always hear a lot of herbalists like plants are our allies. And, and I really like <laughs> I've gotten to know uh, them in a way now where I do feel like I make friends with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know all of them, so I'm definitely not an expert, but like right. there's like 10 different herbs where I'm like, oh, that's my girl. You know, <laughs> I, I go to her when I'm like sad and need a hug. And But it's like getting to the essence of what yes. that plant is holding. Mm-hmm. And so when we work with it, it, it they are allies. Like yes. they actually do hold space for us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, all plants are gifts, right? Yes. From like, like from spirit. It's like spirit knew that as we were manifesting into this physical body that we were going to need help. And so it mm-hmm. gave us all of these plants. Yeah. And I do think that there is a plant for everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether we use the plant in like the essence form, like homeopathy, because right. homeopathy can work with poisonous plants, mm-hmm. which herbalists obviously wouldn't want to make a belladonna tincture, right? Like, right. But with the essence, even they have a place, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's like, I really do, especially now, like I already had that kind of idea. But now with homeopathy, I'm like, I really think all of them, like every, yes. every one of them, even the ones that we can't actually like ingest, right. I think that they can help us too. It just depends yeah. on like, what's your issue? Like, are you, did you get food poisoning? Because maybe something that's poisonous would help because yeah. it would match. Right. That, right. So with homeopathy, it's just the essence, so it's not really poisonous. But, um, you know, I think that stops a lot of people because they're like, Definitely. I'm not going to, you know, take, yeah. like, arsenic. Like, right. <laughs> hey, in a small homeopathic dose. Right. It's just the essence. Yeah. It's just the essence, yeah. you know. So it goes, you know, homeopathy is, it's herbs. It's also minerals. Right. And things like that. So it's, it's interesting. But um, even yeah. in my homeopathic class they talk about like the calendula mm-hmm. um and then I went into um my bathroom and I realized after that class that you had sent me that tallow calendula rub and I was like I have calendula right now <laughs> <laughs> and I had like kind of forgotten about it because I had just like sat it in my mirror and then I was like oh I need to be using this like <laughs> I just didn't think about it so yeah. it was funny because I'm like they even suggest you know, using some of that topically. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's so cool. It's all, it all is like, um, works together. Yes. You know, we have energy medicine and then plants are cool. Cause they, they're kind of like, they transcend all these dimensions. So they have an essence, they have a spirit, mm-hmm. they can help on like that mental plane and physically, yeah. you know, like you can smell them, you can eat them, you can taste them. So if you think about all the senses, mm-hmm. like plants can hit all of those. Yeah. You know, and so they're they're very unique in that way of um, like they're actually like physically in front of you, you know. Yeah. So and not to mention like something that's always fascinated me about the plants and like herbs is that they are a physically vibrating form of the planets, kind of like a a a physical manifestation of the vibrations of the planets, if that makes any sense at all. Like because all the herbs and all the plants have an association with the different planets and that right there's just, correspondence yeah 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 I have a whole um oracle deck and it's it connects astrology with plants mm-hmm. and it's it's so weird like every time I pull it I'll pull a card and 
and it, it's funny because I'll usually either I've just studied the plant mm-hmm. and so the last one I pulled last night was St. John Wort's and I was like it's funny that bee's coming tomorrow wow. because that's one of the things I bought from you yeah. um, and it was coming up and then it was all about the sun mm-hmm. you know and um, like radiating and I was like tomorrow's gonna be great because <laughs> you know but it, but it was really cool because I as much as I kind of like probably assumed, okay, sure, everything's corresponding to everything as above, so below, like some people have really documented it because mm-hmm. they, you know, have worked with this, um, these plants for so long. Um, and my class, we just had to read an article and it was talking about working with like some of these indigenous cultures, really trying to document you know, bringing them in and really documenting like what all of these plants are because we don't know. Like Mm. there's so many like plants that like, sure, we know what the name is, but we haven't befriended them. Right. And so this is where working with these cultures that are very interconnected to nature can help us. um, And then we can, you know, pull from that wisdom and, you know, either turn it into a medicine or just, I don't know. It's just like getting to know what each of these plants has to offer mm-hmm. and it's like kind of scary because like you don't know like some of the pla- they are some of them are poisonous so it's really cool that there's these cultures that have documented it mm-hmm. for us and be like don't eat that one like <laughs> um or use this one you know uh, in a tincture or this one you just use the root you know and like the it's like so interesting because there's all these different parts of the plant mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's just like you know, I, I love how you're like, I'm an endless student or, or, you know, because like with just plants alone, like you really, it's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So you study how like your culture views plants and then you can be broad and be like, okay, well, what about the plants in this, this country and how do they view that plant yes. and like, which planet do they associate this plant with? You right. know? And so it's like, it, it's cool. Cause it really is. It's like its own language and you could just continue to learn forever. Oh yeah. Um, and I love it. I, there was a point where, like, you where you're like, I just get on, I get so excited, I want to do it. But there was a point where I wanted to be an herbalist. <laughs> and then I was like, wow, this is going to be, like, you have to really be dedicated, yeah, you know? Yeah. And and when I, like, go in, I'm like, I am, like, super committed to whatever. So I was like, I don't know if I have the space currently mm-hmm. to, like, become an herbalist. But that doesn't mean that I can't support my friends. Yeah who are doing that mental labor for me and like Mm -hmm. studying it. So Mm -hmm. I love being able to buy, you know, stuff for my, I'm like, you guys have done the mental labor and I get to just befriend the plant and hang out with her. (laughs) That's how I feel about the homeopathy stuff. I'm like, cause I don't think that I have the space for the homeopathy stuff, Mm -hmm. but like knowing that you are going to be doing that, like I know someone. Right. And isn't that nice how we can all, we really can have our own like hyper fixations and be okay in that space. Right. Be like, this is my thing. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to hyper fixate on astrology and homeopathy. You are going to do all the plant plants. And then we're going to come together and be like, oh, this corresponds. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Collaborate. (laughs) Right. Because they are, it all, it all has a place. It's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might want to use them all together or you might want to just include one thing at a time. But, um, you know, there is a place for each thing. So it, it, yeah. it is, it's awesome to learn about that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like numinous rows, mm-hmm. um, some of the classes you'll be teaching um, and just some things that, you know, people can purchase from you or like, you know, how that they can support you or all of those things. Okay. Um, so I have a website and it is just, numinousrosemedicinals.com um and I do have 
I have some stuff for sale, but I'm actually about to shut the shop down just for a couple months um, so I can focus more on the teaching mm-hmm. and content creation stuff because that's where I really love to be and I love to be in that space. Um, but I, I make body butter and I um, do something that not a lot of people do. I infuse herbs directly into tallow. So the majority of people, when they make the tallow balms... Um, they just use essential oils um, to scent the tallow, and I don't. I, I I love essential oils. I just think that they're very very concentrated, and I just think that they are something that should be used occasionally and sparingly. Um, but I infuse the plants directly into the fats, and so I feel like that's a more gentle way, um, and so it's safe for really sensitive people because some people Mm -hmm. are too sensitive for essential oils um so like babies children elderly people they can use yeah me too (laughs) me too yeah so they're safe to use every day and that's kind of um why I started doing it um my son he has eczema it's it's better now um but I just did not like any of the stuff that I saw for sale and so I was like I'm just gonna make my own stuff and so I started making stuff for his eczema and it really, really helped. Um, and so that's how I started getting into the infusing the um, tallow. And so I have that on my website. And then I also am working on a magnesium balm. Um, I haven't gotten the consistency the way I want it yet. So that's why I haven't sold it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been on this mineral remineralization journey and I love magnesium um and I use the magnesium oils but I do not love the way they feel on my skin they and they actually they they make me itchy so I was like I'm gonna make something that I want to use and that feels really good so I'm gonna do a towel a a lavender tallow um magnesium lotion and I'm not sure when it's gonna be ready I'm still messing around with the consistency Um, but next, no, the week after next, I have a class coming up and it's just going to be a virtual class Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be talking about eating for your skin health and I'm going to kind of dive more into the topic of what you put in your body is going to be what your skin utilizes more so than, you know, using the topical stuff. Mm -hmm. The topical stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. You want to be moisturized, but you want to internally moisturize. So, right. you know, like structured water, which is something that I'm not going to dive into because that's <laughs> like a whole, I don't know, that could be like a two-day podcast in itself, the magic of water. Mm-hmm. But um, just, uh, you know, the majority of us are very dehydrated and our skin tells the story of our body. Mm-hmm. So I want to help people who are struggling um, with their skin and show them some like foods they can eat and like share some recipes that I have used to eat for my skin health. Um, and then I'm not sure when this is going to happen because it's still in the works. But mm-hmm. I had this download come through when I was in the shower. Um <laughs> That's when, like, a lot of my best ideas come through is when I'm in the shower. Pisces queen. Yes, in the water. Um, About a somatic body oiling class because I was doing this little routine um, with myself that I've kind of, I guess, created. I don't even want to know if I created this, but it's just something I started doing intuitively. And 
like after I get out of the shower, I I like to body oil or use body butter and I had music on and I was like oiling my body to like the music oh. and like doing like cool movements and I was like, wow, there's something to this. Like it just felt really like cool and like love very loving for myself and mm-hmm. I was like I really want to create a class and I'm trying to figure out the logistics of like how I could do this without being naked on a camera <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that but I want to teach people like somatic self-touch like lovingly like oiling your body um mm-hmm. because like I said before we're so devoid of touch in this culture and like I thrive on touch that's one of my Mm -hmm. love languages like if you want me to love you like just play with my hair or like rub my back like I just love it and so I know not everyone's like that but there are a lot of people who are hungry for that but I do think that we can give ourselves that Mm -hmm. you know it's not going to completely fill that void but I think that learning to like lovingly touch yourself and not in a sexual way like I'm not talking about being you know sensual like necessarily um but sensual in your own way like Mm -hmm. that like turns you on like for life basically right it's like lighting you up yes I like that idea because I hate (laughs) putting on the lotion after the shower sometimes (laughs) and it's like but I I have this thing where if I, I don't like something I have to make it fun if I can make it fun then I'll do it more. So I kind of like that. Like, I'll just put on some soul music, you yes. know, and like give myself that space. And I think maybe it's not fun because I'm like rushing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but if I don't put some kind of oil on, I'll get grumpy because I'll start getting itchy, like, <laughs> like, you know, later in the day or, <laughs> or whatever. So I really like that, that idea of like making space for it to be like play or pleasurable. Yes. Like yeah. the thing that we hate, right? Yeah. I had a whole vision of like a group of women coming together and like us like getting together and like having like body oil and having some music going. And us right. Just it's like, like a thing of rogues. That sounds awesome though. I really, I really love that. And um, I don't know. I, I like turning it into something enjoyable and yeah. having a whole experience and and I think anytime women get together, you know, you throw some plants in there and some cool music, like it's going to be a good time. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I like where your head's out there. <laughs> so you'll be teaching more classes in the future. Is there yes. a place where people can follow you to kind of keep up with your journey? And, you know, if you are teaching a class, how, you know, they can sign up. I'm so bad about I'm so bad about social media. I get really into it for a little while and I'm great about posting and then I go through phases where I'm like I can't even do this right now. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but I am most active on my Facebook group that I have. It's a private group and it's called Numinous Rose Medicinals um and I'll send you like a like a link for people can Oh okay, yeah, I'll put it in the description yeah so, so they people can, find, can it find it yeah um and it's like a private group that I created to sort of educate people and to um, keep people in the loop about new product alerts and share little like tidbits about body oiling and I eventually want to do some free ebooks and things like that um I just I'm at home with a four-year-old by myself right now my husband works full-time so it's mm-hmm. you know a lot to try to do all the time so I do as much as I can and then I have to have my little rest cycles but I will um 
be definitely having some more events and things like that. And I really want to do some in-person stuff for people because I have a lot of local peeps that want to learn in person. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everyone vibes with virtual, which I, I understand. So I... Just need to find a space. That's the thing is finding um, a spot to host classes. And then with the herbal stuff, like having supplies for everyone, you know, that whole thing in person, it's a little bit harder so that there's certain little kinks that I'm working out Mm -hmm. with, you know, teaching. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. And you have such a good teacher energy. So I love that you're really stepping into that role I feel like it's it's hard sometimes because it's like especially when you have really good teachers that that you look up to and mm-hmm. it's like you really you really are good at this you know what I mean yeah. like you really do have an important message and, and I love you know just the little bit that I've learned from you just from following you you know so um I appreciate your work and I, I think many others will yeah. as well so thank, thank you. you for stepping into your teacher role thank you it's scary but you know it's time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're doing a great job at it. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming out and making this beautiful episode with me. I'm really excited to share it. Thank you. I'm, I'm really happy to have been able to come on here. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next time on the Astral Hour.